Exodus chapter 33, it's an amazing statement where the Bible says in verse number 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, and notice this statement if you will, As a man speaketh unto his friend. As a man speaketh unto his friend. I want to preach this morning on the subject, What is your relationship with God? I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to challenge you from the Word of God, and I want you to keep your Bibles in hand as we will look at more than the average number of passages this morning. And I'm going to challenge us in our relationship with the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask for the presence and the power, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God as I preach your Word this morning. I pray that you would be honored and glorified And I pray that we would learn how to be your friend. Certainly, Lord, you are our friend. And may we, Lord, not be satisfied just to enjoy the goodness of the land, but may, Lord, we be a friend to the creator and the giver of all good things. Bless, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. It is interesting to me to read of the various relationships of God and man as they are recorded in the Word of God. I find at least four levels of relationships in the Bible. The Bible tells us here that God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that Abraham was a friend of God. I want to give you three statements of introduction and then give you the four different relationships that we can have with our Creator. First of all, I want to say there are at least four relationships that I can find in the Word of God. And it's quite amazing that God will fellowship with man. I think that's a wonderful thing. It's overwhelming to realize that God will fellowship with man. I spent time early this morning, as I do every Sunday morning, walking through the building and every part of the building, up and down every aisle, just spending time with God. I'm glad that God wants to fellowship with man. Since God put man in the Garden of Eden and he came in the cool of the day to fellowship with man, God gave us his word to reveal himself to us and tell us how we can fellowship with him. So I think this morning we ought to be pleased with the fact, in fact, we ought to desire to spend time in fellowship with God. I don't think we realize how much the devil attempts to take our time away, not always in sinful things, but anything to keep us from having fellowship with the Creator. If you're not careful, you spend all your time on the phone or internet or some type of a device and we'll miss the most important fellowship that we ought to have every single day and every single week. Second of all, I want to say I find four levels of blessings or benefits in these relationships with God. I find that God is good in every relationship. I find that God is good to us. In fact, he's better than we deserve in every relationship that we have 
with him. The third thing I want to say by way of introduction, I find that the level of relationship is decided and determined by man. God wants to be close to me, but he is as close to me as I desire to be to him. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse number 8, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. God desires to be close to us, but the level or the closeness of our relationship is not dependent on God. God left that up to you. You can be as close to God as you want to be. He desires for you to fellowship with him every day and be his friend. Now there are four relationships that we can have. In fact, we ought to have not just a different one, but all of them in our lives. First of all, I want to say we're his create we are his creature or his creation by birth. Everybody belongs to God as far as his creation or his creature. It doesn't mean everybody's going to heaven, but God created mankind. He is our creator. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 17, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, period. There are no others, just those two. And so God created mankind. Now it's interesting that God blesses man as his creature or as his creation equally through the blessings of nature or the laws of nature. God blesses everyone whether they're born again or not, whether they are a child of God or not. He blesses everyone that lives on this earth. We are God's creation. We're God's creature. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And I look forward to that sun shining this week. Uh, He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Whether He's your heavenly Father or not he's your creator and he's mighty good to us just in that relationship every man is blessed of God just as God's creation I desires more than that but every man is God's creation the rich young ruler was blessed abundantly because of his hard work because of his understanding of the laws of nature He understood if he put seed in the ground, he's going to get a harvest. And the more seed he put in the ground, uh, the more harvest he is going to receive. However, this fellow made a major mistake as he thought life consisted just of those things that he could get. And here's how the Bible uh, describes it in Matthew chapter 12. And he spake a parable unto them saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully and he thought within himself saying what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits and he said this will I do I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods and I will say to my soul soul thou hast much goods laid up for many years take thine ease eat drink and be merry But God said unto him, Thou fool, 
this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And he's very blessed because he understood the laws of nature. He understood that God didn't have the sun to shine just on those that are born again, but he has the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. He sends the rain to the just and the unjust. And this man, he went out and he worked and he recognized that God is a giver and God blesses, but he never thought beyond that. What a tragedy for folks to have the blessings of just being God's creature, but not knowing God in any other manner. I'm thankful that he is my creator. There are those who reject this truth. Uh, and they, they teach in uh, uh, basically the basic position of public education is that God is not our creator, but there uh, was an explosion and everything happened uh, by way of evolution. By the way, I found some shiny objects the other day outside. I put them in the washing machine, took them out and put them in the dryer, and that's where I got this watch. Now, that's a foolish statement. It's about as foolish as evolution is. And this didn't begin by a big explosion. It began by a great big God who stepped out where there was nowhere to step. He reached out where there was nowhere to reach. And God began to speak. And the Bible says that God created the heaven and the earth and everything in them. And he created them for his pleasure. I'm glad he's my creator. I claim him as my creator. I'm glad uh, to live in the world that God has given to us. By the way, somebody ought to talk about God's rights. <clears throat> I hear everybody talk about everybody else's rights. It's God that made the sun to shine. It's God that put the rivers out there in the water. It's God that made the mountains to rise for us to enjoy. It's God that did everything. Somebody ought to be talking about how good God is. And the fact that he is our creator. But let me move to the second relationship that we can have with God. First of all, uh, we are his creation by birth. Second of all, we are his child by rebirth. We're his child by rebirth. You see, when sin came, it separated man from God. Uh, Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sinned as we studied in our Sunday school lesson this morning. And the Bible says, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Because we're separated from God, there had to be some way for us to come back to God as he desires to fellowship with us. And so God gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As a five-year-old boy, I told God, I'm a sinner. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and be my Savior. I became a child of God. Take your Bibles and go with me, if you will, to the book of John. The book of John. Notice, if you will, in the first chapter in the Gospel of John. You see, I'm his creature by birth. All I did was be born, and I get all of the blessings of the earth and all that it provides and the laws of nature. But second of all, I became not just his, create, uh, his creature, but I became his child 
when I was born again or by rebirth. John chapter 1 verse number 12, the Bible says this, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Ye must be born again. If we're going to be a child of God, we must be born again. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. I'm not a child of God because of anything I have given. I'm not a child of God because of anything I have accomplished or anything I have done by any position, by any deed. I am God's child because I accepted his payment for my sin and I was born again into the family of God. That's something to shout about right there. We move from being a creature of God to a child of God when we receive him as our personal Savior. I like the song that says, Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within, but with wondrous compassion, the King of all kings, in pity and love, he took me under his wings. And oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows in my veins. And I, who was wretched and poor, now can sing, Praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the King. Not just a child of the King. I like what that other verse says. Now I'm a child with a heavenly home. My Holy Father has made me his own. I'm washed by his blood and I'm clothed in his love. And someday I'll sing with the angels above. It's a very easy thing to do. I accepted the gift of eternal life. That's all I did. I just accepted the gift of eternal life. You say, preacher, that seems too easy. Well, it wasn't easy for Christ. He paid the price for us. You understand what that is. As a parent, you make a sacrifice that you may give a gift to your child. Maybe it is something that they want or need. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's whatever it may be. We make a sacrifice that they may receive it. And as you, uh, as you have children and then grandchildren, you, you, you love this matter of giving. I'm glad God just gave me eternal life. I became a child of the king. But there's more to the Christian life than that. I can become not only a child of God after being God's creature by birth and his child by rebirth. I become a son of God by separation from the world. Now we're getting more serious in this matter of our relationship with God. I want each of you to take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if you will, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, you remember I said, not only are there at least four relationships that we can have with God, there are four levels of blessings and benefits that come from that relationship with God. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to look at verse 18. That's a blessing and benefit. That's where we're going to. We'll back up after we read this. Look at verse 18. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, now 
you, you may say, well, I'm already a son of God. You are a son of God. But in this passage of Scripture, he's talking about being a father that provides, not just giving a gift of salvation, but providing. Let me illustrate before I read the verses. The prodigal son was still a son, though he was in the far country. The prodigal son was still a son, though he was in the far country. It didn't say he was a prodigal boy that used to be the son. He is the son, but he's in a far country. However, he is not enjoying the provisions of the father because he is away from the father and he has joined himself to the world in riotous living. Whatever his flesh wanted to do, that's what he did. And he did it as long as he had that inheritance to spend. But the day came when he got tired of that because his money was gone and that's what kind of uh, that's what will happen with that kind of a lifestyle. His money was gone. His friends were gone. You don't need the kind of friend that only gives when you can give. You need a friend that will stick with you through thick and thin and God is that friend that will always be there. And the Bible says that the boy came to himself. He said, I will arise and go to my father. My father, he said, the servants have bread enough to eat and to spare. He said, I'll go to my father. And he said, I'll, I'll ask if I can be a servant. And so when he returned, his father saw him a great way off and he ran. And he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And as he brought the boy home, he told them, this my son was lost, he's found. He said, rejoice with me. He said, get the robe, uh, get the ring, uh, get the fatted calf, uh, uh, ready to be killed. We're going to have a, uh, a feast because the boys returned home. I was his father when he was in the far country, but I wasn't providing for him. But now that he's left uh, the far country and come home, I'm going to make sure everything he needs is cared for. Now go back to this verse, and I will be a father unto him. Now go to verse 14 and see what he's saying here. We're talking about a third level of relationship with the father. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord has Christ, hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Look at it now. You and I are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and will walk within them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You know what he's saying? We don't live like we used to live before we got saved. Amen. The places, the people, the things, that's all changed. I don't live in a world of sin that, that, that mocks at God and, and that magnifies the sin. I leave that behavior. I leave that attitude. I leave that, uh, that uh, appetite and all of those things and I separate from that and I come to Christ and I say, I want to serve you. I'm not satisfied with the things in the world. I'm satisfied in my fellowship with the Father. They understand this level of relationship. It, it, it is a son who separates himself. 
That's not difficult for us to understand. Those of us that are married, uh, we, we, we separated from all others and we committed ourselves in marriage to our spouse. And forsaking all others, that's what we said. Dear friend, can I tell you something? Many Christians are not enjoying the blessings of the Father because they're spending time in the world and they're spending time in the behaviors and the activities of the world. Well, to come out from the world and be separate, saith the Lord. Take your Bibles and go to 1 John, just before Revelation. 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, the first epistle of John. This is not John's first, second, and third wife. That's not what an epistle of an apostle is. An epistle is a letter. A letter. Uh, uh, notice 1 John chapter 2. Let's go to verse number 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I'm glad to be God's creature. I'm glad to enjoy the blessings of creation. Oh, but what a joy it was when I wasn't just born, but I was born again. And I became a child of God. And as I began to learn how my life is to be different than those that are just traveling down the broad road of destruction, and as I separated myself unto the Father and the will of God, He became a son. He became a father to me as a son. And He provides our every need. What is your relationship with God? Book of James. We're close enough to it. Let's, let's look at it. Back up a few pages to the book of James. In 1 John, back up all oh, 10, 12 pages. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Notice, if you will, what the Bible says in verse number 3. He's talking about this matter of prayer. And he says in verse number 3, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You say, preacher, that's pretty strong. That's what God has to say. <clears throat> I don't want to be a friend of the world. I want to be a friend of God. I'm going to be a son of God. I want to have that relationship not only as his creation, not only as his child, <clears throat> but also a son that's separated from the world so that the Father can provide. I wish I had time to give you all of these things, but in Philippians chapter 4, uh, Paul tells us of the many blessings that we have in the will of God. We find peace that passes all understanding in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, we find joy uh, in Philippians chapter 4 that can take place even in the prison cell. We find security. We find contentment of God's power and God's providence and God's promises. All in Philippians chapter 4 because we separate ourselves from the world to the Father. That's your question. Have you ever considered that God has a will for your life? That's not just for the preacher. That's for every child of God. To separate from the world would be to say, Lord, I don't want to do what the world tells me to do. I want to do what you tell me to do. And then there's another relationship. 
And that's becoming a friend of God. How do you become a friend of God? A friend of God is those who are obedient to his commandments. Those that are obedient to his commandments. You know very few in the word of God are called a friend of God. But these who were had such a special relationship. Think about this now, that they could reason with God. If you went back and studied those chapters of Exodus 31, 32, and 33, you would find that Moses had come down from the mount with the, with the uh, Ten Commandments, and they had taken uh, their jewelry, and they had made a golden calf, and they were worshiping that. They were dancing. They were committing immorality. And I want to tell you something. God was angry at them. You know what God said? I'm going to destroy them all. You know what Moses said? Lord, don't destroy all of them. If you destroy all of them, these are your people. These are your people that you love, that you've delivered. And do you know that Moses reasoned with God and the Bible says that God changed his mind? Think about that. He had the ability like a friend. You ever had somebody you wanted to talk to but you were afraid to talk to them? but you had a friend that knew them that could talk to them? You remember that girl that you wanted to talk to? And you was afraid she'd just tell you flat no, N-O, no. But you had a friend that was her friend? And, 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 and you said, now say a good word for me. <laughs> you needed an extra good word, son. He's smiling and grinning over here like a possum. He knows what I'm talking about. He married up is what he did. And you had a friend that could talk to them. You know what Abraham had in a friend? God himself. You know what the Bible says about Moses? He talked to God like he was a friend. I want to tell you something. If I needed something from God and Moses was alive, I'd go say, Moses, could you tell God something for me? By the way, we often do it with those that we know are close to God. We'll say, preacher, would you pray for me? Would you pray for my family? You know what we're saying? And we often just, we just say it. You may be closer to God than I am. Will you tell him? Now, I want to tell you something. As I study this relationship of being a friend with God, being able to reason with God, I want to tell you something. I want to be God's friend. Listen to these verses. In fact, let's read them. 1 John chapter 5. You're close to there. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Notice, if you will, in verse number 2. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments... For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Notice this statement. And his commandments are not grievous. Commandments are not grievous when you love the person that gives them. Commandments are not grievous when you love the person that gives them. Have you ever said to a dear friend, is there anything I can do for you? I was visiting in the hospital my uncle, Brother Baker, was just a few days from 
his home going maybe a couple of weeks. And I said, Baker, is there anything I could do for you? He said, you know what I'd like to have? He said, I'd like to have a hot fudge sundae from McDonald's. I thought that makes two of us. <laughs> now, to get from the hospital out to the parking structure, get from the parking structure to McDonald's, I mean, that, that was a chore. Getting in and out of the hospital, I didn't say to him, is there anything closer I can get you? I mean, that's a long way to go. You know what? It didn't matter what he wanted. You know why? Because I loved him. And when I love him, doesn't matter what the commandment is. I love him. I went and got that hot fudge Sunday. In fact, as I recall, I got two of them. I gave him that ice cream and he took a bite. He said, boy, that sure is good. But I could tell that made him sick. He couldn't eat it. He said, son, set that over there. I'll eat the rest of that in a few minutes. He never did. I never complained. I never said, you wasted a dollar and a half. His commandment wasn't grievous because I loved him. I want to be close enough to God that whatever God tells me to do, I don't want to say, Lord, I can't afford to do that. I don't have time to do that. I don't feel like doing that. He's been a friend to me. I want to be a friend to God. When you were born, you got the blessings of being God's creature. When you were born again, you get the blessings of being the child of God. Heaven is your home. As you separate from the world, you become a son whose father meets your every need. When we come to the place that we desire to obey the commandments of God, we don't even ask what they are. We just say, is there anything I can do for you? We can then become the friend of God. Stand with me, if you will. You're here today and you've been saved, but you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You ought to follow him in baptism today. You're here today and you've never received Christ as Savior. You're enjoying the blessings of his creation you're enjoying the benefits of the laws of nature. But you've never received him as Savior today. You ought to trust him. Just a few minutes, he's going to sing. You can step out of your seat from wherever you are and make your way down one of these aisles and tell one of the men or ladies that will be here, tell them, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. It's a gift, simple, a prayer of faith. That's all it is. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I ask you this morning. What is your relationship with God? Do we desire? Do we desire for our relationship to be a friend? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us today to be challenged. It may be a matter of separation decisions. It may be a matter of leaving the far country and coming home. It may be a matter of obedience because we love you. I pray that you would help us, that we would desire to be closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.